All right, let's get this started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode one of the Here We Go podcast. My name is Carl here. I'm your host. I'm your commander, your connoisseur, all that jazz. And the purpose of this podcast is simply to make your life better. I want to give you advice. I want to give you real actionable steps to improve things like your self-image, your productivity, your relationships, your confidence, your social life, and the million other things that make the human experience as amazing as it is. As this is episode one, I'll begin with a little intro on me. So my name is Carl here. I'm 19 years old for another day at least, and I'm currently a sophomore at the greatest place on the planet, and that's Rutgers University in my home state of New Jersey. At my core, I'm really just a kid that likes talking to people. I recently gave a TED Talk through Rutgers called Talk to, P- Talk to Strangers, It Will Change Your Life. Um, and if you have 16 minutes, I would highly recommend the watch. Um, and one day, I will be the greatest motivational speaker of all time. So this is my journey to get there. As a result of my dream, I spend a lot of time watching motivational speakers do their thing. And while many of them are amazing, they seem to consistently disappoint me. I keep hearing words like spirit or soul, things like that, uh, where they offer advice because it will quote-unquote heal the soul or feed the spirit, right? I'm sure you've heard something like that before, something to that effect. And to be perfectly honest, I am not a fan. At Rutgers, I'm a cognitive science major and a biology minor. It means that I'm fascinated with how we think how we've evolved to react to things, and why each individual is the way that they are. In spending countless hours researching these topics, I realize that every single thing we do, meaning every action, every reaction, every feeling, every behavior, is rooted in some kind of scientific explanation. So I have a hard time believing that there's some kind of cosmic universal force that manifests itself based on my mindset. But it just doesn't make sense to me. I not only find it lazy, but I also think it's a disservice to the audience to use terminology like spirit or soul or karma. Those words can't really be defined. So sure, you have a general idea, but there is no concrete definition. So how am I, the speaker, supposed to really expect you, the audience, to take me seriously and act on what I'm saying when I can't even realistically define my own terms? On the other hand, by sticking to science, I want to achieve two things. First, I want you to ask questions instead of blindly trusting me. By backing what I say with science, I hope to show you that you don't need blind trust. What I say is proven to work and yield real results. Second, I want you to understand what's going on in yourself. By getting a basic background of where my ideas come from, you can better match what will work for you because you know yourself best. So that's my philosophy. Real science, real results. So let's get into it. I plan on dividing this podcast into a bunch of mini-series, the first being what I want to call Why Am I Unhappy? So in this series, I'm simply going to go to Google and type the question, Why Am I Unhappy? and see what comes up. Then I'll give you my take on some of the things I find compared to what others have said, as well as give you a general plan of action um, if you realize that what I, con- what I cover in a specific episode applies to you. So when you Google, why am I unhappy? One of the first thing that comes up is a site called medium.com. And they say that a huge reason that people aren't happy is because they feel meaningless. So for episode one, what we are going to tackle is meaninglessness. Here we go. 
So meaninglessness is defined as without meaning, significance, or value. Essentially, if you feel this way, you think that you don't matter to people or what you do, that could mean your occupation or your lifestyle, it wouldn't be missed if you were just to disappear one day out of the blue. Uh, the first thing I thought of when I saw the term meaningless was Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So this is something you, a lot of psychologists cover. A lot of psychologists study this and kind of use this. The hierarchy of needs is like a staircase, right? In order to get to step two, you have to first have climbed step one. So the hierarchy works in the same way. Once you have everything from step one, you move to step two until you have everything there, and so on and so forth. So first, we have physiological needs. That's step one. Those are your food, your water, your shelter, your bare basics. Once you have those, you move on to security needs. That's walls, weapons, maybe a big angry dog and a beware of dog sign, all of it. After that, you move on to your belonging and love needs. This is where you find a person or a group of people that cares about you. Maybe a romantic partner or a group of friends, either way. And then once you have that, according to Maslow, you begin to focus inward on your own self-esteem needs. You look for feelings of accomplishment and prestige. You look to excel at something. And then finally, at the very top of the pyramid, you get what Maslow calls self-actualization. This is the peak of existence in his eyes. People who are self-actualized have reached their highest potential. They've found something that makes them happy, and after hard work and persistence, they have mastered it. In the process of mastering and then eventually using that skill, they find purpose. And purpose is the exact opposite of meaninglessness. Now, I do have to be honest here. Understand that the hierarchy of needs is a theory. Yes, it's widely accepted by most psychologists. But just because something is widely accepted doesn't necessarily mean it's true, right? I'm going to be try, try to be as open and honest with the, the theories and the sources that I use just to give you the best experience possible and to be as true to myself as possible. So, like I said, widely accepted doesn't necessarily mean you should believe it, right? There was a time when the concept of a flat earth was widely accepted. In the spirit of having everything backed by science, I did a little more digging and to make sure everything was accurate. And the reality was that no one has been able to disprove the hierarchy of needs. Um, that's not a great reason to believe something, but uh, it's fairly consistent as well, kind of across the board. So for these purposes, I wouldn't necessarily, necessarily say it's exactly correct or exactly true, but I do think it passes as good enough for our purposes here. So the takeaway anyway, is that in order to feel meaningful, you need to first fulfill all the requirements of the steps before it. Physiological, safety, belonging, esteem. If you haven't done that, you can't skip steps. Remember, one, two, three, four. You have to go up them in order. So let's quickly go over some of the things that might be standing in your way that you don't even realize are contributing to your unhappiness. Uh, these won't have to deal with meaninglessness, but they will have to deal do with if you're able to tackle meaninglessness yet. If they're If you're able to focus on providing value around yourself, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So first, physiological. Uh, this is if you aren't getting enough food or water. Um, if that's the case, um, there might be something mental at play. I know a few people struggle with bulimia or anorexia, things like that. Um, if that's the case, then this is above my pay grade, right? You need medical support and some kind of therapy. There is no shame in medical support therapy, reaching out to people, anything like that. There's never any shame in that. And there are resources there for you to utilize, but it's not something that I really, it, it, it's not something that I have any experience with. And it's not something that 
I feel comfortable giving advice on simply because I'm not trained to do it. Uh, the second thing is kind of in a similar boat. Second step is safety. So it's possible that you don't feel safe. If this is the case, it might be your environment, like where you live, but it's more than likely a partner or someone toxic who's close to you. If that's the case, again, above my pay grade, and the best thing to do is probably to call 911. Um, it's a situation where it's over my head, and again, there are services designed to help you. I actually volunteered um, with a place that works with mothers who are undergoing domestic abuse, and they're all over the place. You might not realize it, but there are a ton of people who are in your boat. The third thing is belonging, right? That third step. And here's something that's actually right up my alley. This is big enough topic to make a whole nother episode about. But for now, if you have toxic friends or family members, reach out to someone who's not in your immediate group and plan just a one-on-one -on -one thing. Just something to have a little FaceTime with someone that's genuine. Also, get off the dating apps. Um, nobody on Tinder is looking to put in emotional effort. And if you're struggling with belonging, belonging then that's exactly what you need is emotional effort from people. Uh, and then finally, esteem. That's another one that's probably coming to you in a later episode. But there's a ton of science about self-image. Stay tuned for it. And for now, try to implement an easy routine to help yourself. Like if you're concerned with your weight, do 100 jumping jacks over the course of the day. Maybe like 10 every hour or something until you hit 100. Uh, we'll talk about the science of an easy, consistent reward system later. And I'll explain why it works. But for now, just trust me and use that to kind of get yourself going so that you can kind of reach this, what we're going to talk about today, which is self-actualization and finding purpose. So if all those other needs are met, right, you have, you feel safe, you feel like you're, you're getting enough food, water, shelter, everything. You feel like the people around you genuinely care about you and you have a pretty good outlook on yourself. Um, then you have to get the self-actualization, self that final peak, right? You have to find something that gives you purpose. So how would you, how do you do that? Well, first understand what self-actualization is. Um, it was explained to me like this by a professor. They say, quote, an artist is self-actualized if he paints, even though he knows that there's no possible way he'll make money on any of his art. He still puts time and effort and skill into it. So let me dissect that for you. In other words, the artist is doing something he loves for himself and no one else. He has a desire to be amazing at something and to produce something incredible, even if it never benefits him financially. That's because he doesn't need to draw value from something monetary. He draws value on the fact that he loves the process. That's how you create value. It sounds counterintuitive, right? Value almost implies that you make someone else's life better and receive some kind of reward for it. But it turns out that real happiness comes from doing something simply because you enjoy the process of doing it. So, for example, take my father. My dad loves sailing. He used to go sailing pretty often. It's hard. So is maintaining the boats all year. It's a financial and a manual burden. For a lot of people, paying for boat storage all year long, cleaning the boats once a year, uh, clearing out wasps' nests every spring, it doesn't seem like it's worth going sailing realistically three or four times in a summer. But for my dad, it is. Because all the work leads to something he loves doing so much. He doesn't do it for anyone else. It's just something he purely enjoys. And in that way, he finds a way to cut through the monotony of his day-to-day -day job and add just a little spice to his life. Something that takes work, but with a reward that makes it worth it and he can enjoy. 
So I'm not saying he's the, my dad is some guru, right? He's just a guy who found something he likes to do and finds pleasure and receives personal value in it. Like I said before, true purpose is value to yourself and no one else. It's about seeing the process. So for him, a boat maintenance would be the process. And that comes as a means to something that makes him happy and is only for him. So like in the words of my idol, Tony Robbins, he says, significance is the fearless pursuit of what matters to you, right? But I explained it with psychology. Cool, huh? But we aren't done. Isn't it weird how backwards that sounds? Take a minute to think about that. Why does the scientific route to purpose actually contradict what we think? Right, you'd imagine value came from other people and how you help them, when in reality it comes from yourself to yourself. Well, there's science for that too. And understanding why will help you find that specific thing for you and will add that value that you're looking for like the artist painting or my dad's boats. So it's currently April 27th, 2020. At this point in time, we are in what we call, what anthropologists would call anyway, a novel environment, meaning our adaptations aren't being used in the way they were intended. For example, an orca whale evolved to dive deep underwater and find prey, but in a novel environment like the zoo, they can't dive at all. And they get fed regularly, so those adaptations aren't really being used. Humans are actually the same. We have millions of years of evolution behind us, but technology has pretty much made a lot of those adaptations obsolete. Why does it matter? All life evolves to do two things, right? Everything on Earth that's alive has two goals in mind. Survive until sexual maturity and then have as much sex as you possibly can in order to maximize the amount of your genes that get passed on. However, in this modern novel environment that we humans have created, that's no longer a concern. As disappointing as it may sound to my 14-year-old self, we are now concerned with bigger and better things growing up than growing up and just sex. We're now looking for things like happiness, like intelligence, like love. For us, money is equated to survival. Without it, you die. But because of our environment, we see past it. We want more than money. That's why you see people who have made it, who have seemingly made it, still searching for something. We want more than the white picket fence and the hot wife and the big house and the family. Those are all just part of survival in today's day and age. We need. Can you see now why we find value in doing something and getting good at something just for the sake of ourselves doing it? We are conditioned to want more. So what does that mean for you? Well, first, it means that the saying, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life is bullshit. If you make money from it, then your brain is going to categorize it as survival. And it won't fill that other part of your needs, the part that wants significance. By all means, if you have the opportunity to not hate your job, do it every time. But either way, whether you love or hate your job, you need to find something for you. Something that takes real time and resources and when you put time and effort into something it becomes more important that's the key consistently putting in time and effort doing it once won't help won't help be consistent and do a little every day right so how do you find that special thing this answer just comes from my personal experience is try 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 right today it's so easy to attempt anything so 
maybe you've always wanted to learn guitar. Hit up Craigslist, grab a cheap guitar, and noodle around with some pre- free YouTube lessons on a couple songs you like. Practice maybe 10 minutes every day. Is a six-pack of abs something you think would truly make you feel good about yourself? Not for anyone else, for you. At-home bodyweight ab workouts has 22 million results on Google right now. So for eight minutes a day, you could literally transform your life in a good amount of time. It can be anything. You don't have to be amazing at it. The process of starting something and consistently putting time and effort into it will add value in itself. It's that journey, not the destination mentality. And the science proves it. So let's see what other people are saying. I like to see what the top search results are to judge how I feel about them and to hopefully show you guys what to look for as far as people just pulling it out of their ass in case you want more information um, and look to Google to find it. So putting in how to feel meaningful in the search bar on Google yields some weird results, I'm not going to lie. A website called positivepsychology.com is going to tell you that Surrounding yourself with people that matter is the key to finding meaning in your life. To me, this seems like it's feeding that backwards view that we all kind of start with. To feel meaningful, you need to find something where you don't need other people. That's just a place where you can do what you love, right? That we're conditioned or we originally think that value comes from others, but the science has just shown us that it's the opposite. So positive psychology seems to be kind of feeding that first and now we realize incorrect view of what that value, what emotional value actually is. Um, yeah, if the fact that others are there is what makes something fun for you, that's okay because you're still fulfilling a level of the hierarchy of those needs, um, that need for belonging. But maybe I'm missing something, to be honest. I might, I might be because... PositivePsychology.com didn't include a list of references or even mention the studies where they got their conclusions, Uh, but it seems that it's not actually a ton of psych and just a lot of kind of positivity out the butt. Um, Next, I looked at a site called VeryWellMind.com, and although the title is a grammatical car crash, uh, what they had to say about feeling meaningful was actually fairly, fairly accurate. They actually use the word self-actualized, which really impressed me. Um, and they say that self-actualized people accept themselves and others as they are. So let's dive into that. Um, I can see that. I think that there is more to it. And to be fair, they do elaborate with other ideas. Uh, that said, I still hold that science shows us that self-actualization and the personal meaning that stems from it has little to do with other people and the most to do with yourself and what you actually want to do. There's a lot more in the article, but that was the first thing I saw, and it seemed to be a main focus. Uh, they're not necessarily wrong, but I feel like it's a little off base. Again, same with positive psychology, the one before it. I feel like both of these are focusing way too much on other people's opinions and how, and including other people in your definition of personal value, when in reality, meaningfulness comes from yourself. And accepting that and realizing that, I think, is a huge part in actually achieving that value that you're looking for. Um, finally, I went to a site called inc.com, I-N-C.com, and this one is a, is a doozy. 
It's exactly what I mean when I say that writers and speakers are pulling random ideas out their ass with no real evidence or proof um, and attributing to some kind of blind faith, it, blind faith in an undefinable concept, right? Word for word, Inc.com says that the first way to add meaning to your life is, quote, let your body do the thinking. Reacting comes out of anger and disappointment. Responding comes out of awareness and understanding. If you can stay connected to how you feel and what your body is telling you, you can quiet your reaction and allow a more reasoned response to take place, end quote. What the hell is this, right? Connect to how your body feels, quiet your reaction, Basically, Inc.com is telling you that in an argument, don't respond without first thinking about your options. Listen to your body. Not only does this make no sense in the context of the question, but it's completely subjective to any situation. So how you react to situations has nothing to do with how meaningful your life is. Or maybe it does, and I'm just clueless. But according to the science, if it does, it's a small piece of it. Um, they use phrases like stay connected to how you feel and shit like that um, because their conclusions like their instructions have no scientific basis and no real definition at all so are you starting to see what i mean when i say it's important to base things in science instead of just blindly believing in just some random stuff that sounds good but really makes no sense at all so let's wrap this up meaninglessness is Counter, countered by personal value. That value that you find in the activities that you participate in for you and nobody else. It's not for money. It's not for attention. And again, it's not for anyone except yourself. This is backed by the idea of novel environments and our evolution past just surviving and into a desire for more. In order to get yourself to the stage where you're ready to find that value, you need to first make sure you're alive nourished, safe, have access to people that love you, and have a decent amount of self-esteem as backed by Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Those, those needs come first. Finding that activity or activities can be a process, but the trick is to take advantage of your resources, namely the internet, and be consistent for a decent amount of time. It's better to do something for 10 minutes a day than 70 minutes a week, right? Or 70 minutes once a week, I guess, to clarify. Um, if you really do put the time in and if you really do stay consistent, but it's not for you, that's fine. It just means you haven't found the right thing. You haven't found exactly what you're looking for. And you just need to try something new. So that's it. Find value in yourself. Don't worry about other people being part of it. If you're struggling with it, chances are you need to kind of go back and have an honest conversation about yourself about what else might be missing before you can tackle that feeling. And just because you have it made or just because you have a lot of things going for you does not mean that you necessarily have to feel happy or have to feel whole. There's definitely reasons that you feel something missing and that's not a bad thing. It just means you have to kind of expand your horizons a little bit and realize that it's not only important, it's not only good and it's not only unselfish, but it's necessary for your happiness to have certain things that are just for you and that only make you happy in order to find that significance that you might be lacking. And that is that.
That is how you increase your personal value. That is how you add significance and spice to your life. That is how you just be more happy overall, improve your quality of life, all backed by science, all proven. If you're skeptical, I encourage you to go to the resources that I've shown you and research them for yourself. Um, If you'd like to add something, maybe I missed something, anything like that, you can find me on Instagram at here we go is my handle. Feel free to DM me with questions, comments, concerns, haikus, interpretive dances, sonnets, anything like that. I love it all. I'll try to respond as timely as possible and as accurately as possible. Again, thank you for tuning in. My name's Carl here. See you at the next one.